Hello and welcome once again, or twice again, maybe, to Wandering Monster America's Test Table, where we don't play test games, we stress test each other's limits. Uh, and my mute button. My name is John Baldisberger. I am Charles R. Bernard. I'm Bridget Brave. Ian Servas. Mr. Paschke. Friends, there's this thing you can do. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but we live in a society. I've heard now, that. In this society, there's this uh, service uh, called the Postal Service. Now, the five of us live within the uh, so-called United States of America, where we have United States Postal Service. And I just want to show show and tell um this week this week alone mind you i got the 40 fiends morphboard bestiary uh i got from my good friend christian eichhorn gutter punks for cyborg i got bergen crypt by christian eichhorn for morphborg we got i got the Ma Manishtana book, which we played here on this stream, not this Passover, but last Passover, when I was drunk that night as well. <laughs> I got the Pan, His Majesty in Yellow uh, book, which is gorgeous. Uh, is, thank you, yeah. Wayne Roberts. I've been reading this. Uh, it is amazing. Friends, my copy of whispers of the dead saint arrived i'm so happy it's so beautiful hey if you didn't kickstart it you can still pick it up so like there you go but <clears throat> something i wasn't expecting arrived at my door t uh this week a baby boy hell knight ah yeah. now you may remember hell knight hell knight was my uh staff pick last year for game of the year um it's by a guy named Gabriel Kuroga. Kuroga. Okay. I think I've heard Gabby of him. Gabby Q. Gabby Q is what his name is. Um, and, Gabriel Kuroga. And, and after he hears this episode, we will no longer be friends. Um, man, this is a beautiful book. And it's just a beautiful assault on the eyes looking into it. Um, we've played a lot of his games at this point. We've played um, Hell Knight. We played Warplands, um, and we're going to do more. Uh, we're going to do more tonight. You see, my friends, tonight we delve into, I'm going to call it post-cyberpunk. Like, it's cyberpunk, but, like, you haven't dusted the fans and the computer for a while. It's cyberpunk, but the RAM is running low. It's cyberpunk, and yet, some other computer term. Uh, <laughs> Friends, it's, or, it's Orwell punk. It's or it's Ooh, it's I like Cyber that. Orwell. Um, tonight we are playing Neuro City from Gabriel. Uh, thank you, Gabriel, for uh, lending us your amazing game design uh, talents once again for us to delve into. We are all excited about it, and for the take it away. Absolutely. So if you have, haven't already gotten a, a copy of this fantastic book, it is currently being kickstarted in the colorblind edition, which adds in more art and expands it more and gives it a, a just a nice facelift. Because as John's saying, the future is nothing but a slow, gradual decay. And so 
take the promise of technology and abandon it for the society in NeuroCity is built on recycled tech. Everything is recycled. The people are recycled, kind of trapped in an endless loop of being stuck as slaves to a giant uncaring computer that is just perpetuating all of our existence to make the system just exist in perpetuity. So we're all playing as drones, or at least some functionaries in one way or another, keeping the great machine functioning. So you're all loyal citizens to the city and to Isaac, the computer that runs everything. So the this game has a lot of fantastic rich lore that really draws on real world dystopian things that we are going through right now and it magnifies it in terrifying bleak ways. So to kind of give this in a nutshell, the city itself, the city, the, stat, the population is static because people are recycled. If you die and you were a good citizen, then you are renewed. You are reborn into a new clone of yourself with all of your memories. If you were a bad citizen or if you were a rebel or worse, if you were worthless to this system, then you are renewed. Uh, but that's an important function as the system is beginning to break down because everything is just still being maintained. Uh, and is starting to break down. But with that, let's introduce our, I would say, colorful cast of characters, but everything is very much in shades of um, monochromatic whites and grays. Uh, but for that, we were going to need a sacrificial victim to throw themselves upon uh, the gears of the uh, machine. <clears throat> Sir, no, I, will have, I, I, I will not have you uh, speak ill of our society anymore. <laughs> I am Sebastian Marquez, Cardinal uh, at the Ministry of Truth, uh, where we circumvent liars like you and allow people to know how good they have it. Um, my axiom is we all must endure sacrifices. Um, I am a gray fellow, both my hair and my robes, and uh, thin, poorly slept, and uh, a high-ranking fellow with uh, very little to worry about. In this system, everyone falls into one of the casts that the computer has made for society. And Sebastian here is a cardinal, member of the beta class that is almost in the upper echelons that helps to run the giants, the largest of all the gears, the ministries uh, that deal with technology, propaganda, or the life-perpetuating system that keeps us all going. Or top, peace and top order. Top 15th percentile, my good man. I live in high on the hog. All right. Well, I'll go next. I'm Dolores, and I am, I mean, you probably know me. I'm kind of a TV personality. I am a television journalist. Um, yes, you're welcome for meeting me. I, I know it's very exciting. Um, I, I, you know, I live here. I love living here. I'm having a great time with my life. Um, I do have a car, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I know not everybody has one these days. And this, don't worry about this. This is just my yog. Um, I keep it with me. Just, it's medicinal, largely. I, <clears throat> my name is Ulysses Fenris Marks. I'm an enforcer. <laughs> Uh, I don't like doing these things. Don't really enjoy coming out of my shell, talking to people, but, uh, 
I was renewed, or they meant to renew me. I don't know what wrong went wrong, but uh, yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember fucking everything. So whatever happened, here I am. I'm an enforcer. Have some trust, but uh, I don't know if that trust goes both ways. Well, that leaves me. <clears throat> all right. So we've all seen the movie Brazil, right? If you haven't, mm -hmm. you have failed. I'm sorry, but you did. Uh, so Robert De Niro's character, and I don't know, like, James Wall's character name that I'm playing, I don't think I can do a good De Niro. I don't think anyone would pick up that that's what I was trying to do. So I'm just gonna lay it out there right now because <laughs> I think you should try it. You know, this is really this is about it. You know, uh, so I'm playing uh, Heck Runner. Um, uh, he's part of the Gamma, and uh, yeah, uh, has a thing for smoking cigarettes. Wearing a gray bomber jacket. Um, you know, carries a a magazine about uh, North Sentinel Island. Island with him uh well, let's not talk about that too much <laughs> i hope that made sense so the lot of you are what no is known as a white cell it's what isaac puts together to combat a problem and so actually one of the strangest members of your white cell is dolores because dolores is a citizen that's not Raft normally involved with these things, but you are a vector, or basically a citizen that was personally tapped by Isaac for your skills and how it may help with accomplishing the mission that all of you are going to be assigned. And for the people who are wondering what Isaac stands for, uh, that's the intelligent singular artificial consciousness. As a fun thing, there are lots of great tables in this book. In fact, there's one to designate the kind of mean or the personality of Isaac. Uh, so I am fortunate that we rolled a real fun one for this evening. <laughs> uh, uh, the personality of Isaac for this system um, is speaks basically very cryptically through old movie clips that are brought up from the depths of the archives like old black and white Ooh. reels there's there's a word there's a word for that type of personality that i really love and i rarely get to use it gnomic Please. it's a gnomic personality i like that that is yeah. uh, we'll we will call it that that's a little more picturesque than just the uh, cinematique um but yes speaks through the historical archives so all of you are summoned into a one of the ministries of truth's buildings where Sebastian, you already hold your headquarters in and you are given a briefing. And actually, if um, since you brought up Nomic, if you were fine with uh, putting the scene into movie clips, the mission that you were given to Isaac is that there is a old military installation located in the halo which is the rad zones outside of limbo the wastelands that surround the city called the temple that the authorities have picked up on 
you have to enter the halo and reveal if there's any truth to there being some type of ancient technology either of great destructive or of great energy producing uh, in significance um, in this building point of order i would argue that most weapons produce a hell of a lot of energy (laughs) that that is true one of the issues that is facing the city is rolling blackouts because the technology that you have been using you have a very fragile energy grid and in fact there's an energy crisis where are we in texas uh, <laughs> actually we're in america because our energy grid <laughs> is dangerously unprotected and not sufficient and it's going to be a huge problem um very soon as we saw earlier this year when one of our power stations just got shot up by a passerby and took out the grid for a big long time so yeah so this is the future but um, so you're going to be going out into the most inhospitable place known to society and going through ancient ruins to find out if there is something that could be dangerous to the city or might help save the city. So what type of archival movie clips might represent parts of that that Sebastian had to interpret into this mission order? Um, well, part of it were like old, uh, sort of like wartime propaganda footage of like, you know, come to the draft board, come, you're needed. And, uh, that's how I knew that the summons was there. And then, uh, for, you know, beyond the, the rad zone, there were some clips from, uh, this old, uh, film. Uh, I think it it had something to do with thunder, something thunder ball, thunder dome, something like that. I think there was, yeah, uh, old, old movie. I'd never heard of it, but yeah. And then uh, for the temple, of course, there was the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, a lovely performance on Christmas Day, 1984. Um, Uh, I'm going to be taking the rest of the show off as I sing the theme from Thunderball over and over (laughs) in my head. (laughs) Just... And the lead actor's name in that film was Stacey Abrams. James Cann. And James is the name of our tech runner. So it's all full circle, baby. It's all connected. So because this is a very dangerous mission and finding, you know, nuclear technology could be of great importance to the city, you basically have carte blanche to request any type of equipment and supplies you might need. Because not only are you going through limbo, which is basically populated by Epsilon class can't even call them citizens because epsilon cast individuals are denoted as worthless. If you are dead, they are, because if you are even dead, you're considered epsilon. If you are a rebel, such as some of the people that believe in National Geographic's lies against Isaac's wisdom, (laughs) then you are also classed epsilon. But in the halo itself are terrible dangers that some most people even know exist sebastian would but the waxmen people that have been horribly mutated by the unending harsh energy of the rad wastes malcontents and the, really. and the terrible beasts therein so you also 
in addition to anything you might want to requisition, you get a pair of scarabs, which are basically armored vehicles, like little tankettes that can house like three-ish people and motorcycles. Ooh. So if you want to even requisition special armor and weapons, you can, or you can choose to pack light with the things that you <clears throat> already have on your character sheets. Oh, hell no. I'm going to want some weapons big time. Uh, I would like a, uh, I would like some body armor and a shotgun. I am glad you said that because there are shotguns in this. I'll take you... the same. Yeah. Just so body armor. citizens don't get the pleasure of owning weapons. The only enforcers get weapons and only enforcers and people that are in white cells basically have access to the higher up firearms. You actually have to get a license that is timed to wield these. So if you would like a, and I am so excited to see this weapon is coming to play, an Asimov tactical shotgun, you got it, buddy. Hell yeah. Well, I, I am also an enforcer, so. I just like Asimov was my personal no. hero growing up as a kid. So I'm just like, I just love there's an Asimov tactical shotgun. I, I'm reading uh, Foundation for the first time the series. Ooh. Yeah. We need to talk offline yeah. because. for a whole chat. I. <laughs> Mm. I read different. all the all like the thirteen books leading up the foundation because there are a lot of prequels. Mm, such a great series. Small <laughs> different sidebar. Uh, my aunt works for that Geo. That is fantastic. You'll have to tell her because knowledge is dangerous, especially of the natural, you know, all of that, anything that's not. So it's a perfect, um, Gabriel really kind of hit the nail on the head with that. Uh, with the shotgun uh, at short distance, it gives you a modifier of plus one on your attack roll and it causes two wounds, which is massive. At medium distances, it only costs or it gives one wounds. Long distance, it doesn't. But we can adjudicate that when we get forward. Uh, if somebody wants a shotgun, they're welcome to have it. The other types of weapons that you can have, uh, you can also upgrade to a Sagan Special number nine, uh, <laughs> a Scorpio machine gun, or a uh, Phelan, which is a light assault rifle. I'm pretty sure that Sagan would be pissed to have a gun named after him. <laughs> it's, that it's guy okay. was a big old one injury. Okay, all right. Because that guy was a big old dope smoking hippie. I, I loved his ass. Yeah. It would be great if it was like launches apple pies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all of you, if you would like, you could get yourself, if you want to have armor, you could get a Revok full suit, um, which gives you, uh, absorbs three levels of wounds and covers everything but the head. Yes. And all of you can have a helmet as well, which does take three wounds hey. specifically yeah. from the head. Because together, all that would help to soak some of the rad. So all of you can write that down and get yours up to speed. Any other items that you might want uh, that, or need that would help you to cross through limbo and into the rad wastes? I would like Bridget to describe what our body armor and helmets look like. So they're not great. Um, <laughs> honestly, they're doing nothing for me. Uh, they kind of make you look like 
you know, did you ever see uh, Batman and Robin? It's kind of like that oh, yes. similar. Like it's just it's doing <laughs> nothing up. to my chest area, making my my shoulders look very very broad. It is this. Dull Does mine have nipples? That's the important mm. question, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. How big is the codpiece? What part of my armor does it match? Does it match the logo on my chest, or does it just blend in? I hope it stands pieces out. Codpieces all match your weapon. Because High point in bad I didn't take device. a weapon. Oh, I've got some news. You're feeling uh, news right now. Ian, um, Ian, can I retcon that I have a weapon? Point of order a reinforced cod piece is actually tactically significant because in the Afghanistan war, that was one of the points of vulnerability for snipers for the US oh, infantry. That sucks. I thought you were going to say for this game, there was like some kind of cod piece bonus. Yeah, I was happy you're not no. knowing there was a real life application for that. I, I no, just thought it was amusing. Now I can't laugh nips, at it quite Probably so not, but the codpiece <laughs> serves a purpose. Okay, so I oh, need a gun uh, to match my codpiece. Right, and the nips also match your gun. You know, in the uh, one thing Did I like about the bullets. Yeah. <laughs> one, you. one last thing about the bat suit, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave it. <clears throat> one thing I liked about Frank Miller's Batman was that his big old yellow bat symbol actually had a purpose. It was like quadruple reinforced bulletproof. The idea being that it naturally drew like bullets. Like the Punisher. Is that did the Punisher do that too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. They might he might have stolen that from the Punisher or, or, or used Punisher might have stolen it from Ringo. I don't fucking know. I, I mean, mean I think he wrote both. But yeah. Did it first. Yeah, but but like I I thought that was cool because I'd always thought like so he wears all black like a ninja except for a big ass spot of yellow like. Why? Because he's the world's greatest detective. That's right. Look, he's his own bat signal. <laughs> bat That's signal just love symbols. Like saying I am with capital letters. Um, <laughs> so any other uh, tactical equipment that you might want to carry in with you? I will take oh, all the information that you would like on. to gather from the intranet, which only technically Sebastian would have access to, or uh, any other tech equipment that you might want, James. Yeah, James, uh, what all, like, other than what I already have on me, uh, anything of note in the book that, like, I, not a sonic screwdriver, but, you know, if there's a sonic <laughs> screwdriver. You do have a full uh, toolkit already yeah. in being a tech runner. Right. Things that you may or may not want, depending on your personnel and, and what you mm -hmm. think might fit in the scope of the mission. Portable holographic projector, Ooh, portable okay. mini TV with shortwave radio, telescopic pole, a night vision glasses. I think actually that, no, yep, night vision glasses, none of you have that. I will, I will gladly take those. A digital clock with a light and a calculator. <laughs> Ooh, or a megaphone. I mean, I don't know. You tell me. It's um, uh, on the telescoping pole. No, I will not be elaborating. <laughs> this and more at 8 p.m. <laughs> Dolores, also tell us about what your journalism is. Are you, are you, so you said you're a broadcaster. What's your show? So um, I do, I don't know if you've ever seen these kind of um, series. A lot of channels do them, but I do them a little bit differently where uh, someone's been wronged by a business or maybe a contractor or a physician or something of that nature. So Get I Gephardt is the name of the one on our local station. Yeah, because yeah, his I'm... name is Dick Gephardt, the journalist who goes and gets him. 
<laughs> we, have, I, we have five on your side here. Yeah. I yeah. like yeah. the fact that you have this show and then anyone that's shown doing corrupt dealing that's not working with the system is taken and then terminated, vaporized, <laughs> and then re, you know, renewed or reborn to uh, show why it's important to be loyal to Isaac and but the that happens after we bang on their door at 7 a.m. and surprise them in their pajamas with a camera in their face. Did so. did Dolores expose me? <laughs> is that is that why I died? That is a great question. Um, you'll have to tune in at 8 p.m. to find <laughs> out. Um, great. Oh yeah, so, that's something. If if you reincarnate. You like, do you remember your death, or is that kind of edited out? It uh, so if you are renewed, and so you were a loyal citizen, you died either in the line of duty or naturally something mm -hmm. like that. You get all of your memories back, and so that actually has been very instrumental in dealing with certain types of crimes. If you mm -hmm. died a mysterious death, and maybe you even died a mysterious death, Sebastian, and you were reborn and figured out some Epsilon person sniped you from out in the limbo, uh, then that is integral to certain Man, things. That'd be, a, that'd be a hard witness to <laughs> cross-examine. Are you sure that's the guy who stabbed you in the face? Yep. That's him. Any anything else or your scarabs would be pulling up momentarily. Or if there's any other information that you would like to get from the Ministry of Truth, you are certainly welcome and able to comb through the archives or database to get more information. Otherwise you can be given died. Does the they, can I a, access that? Uh so the only person in the group that actually has access to the internet that would have access to the information would be Sebastian. Sebastian, if you'd like to look at the information, you just need to make a techno roll and you'd be able to get that information. You know what? Um, I didn't see why not. Uh, let's see. So tech roll. Oh, I bet I beat it. It's under, right? That's correct. Yeah, I rolled a four. That is great. I did real good. Uh, so you, Sebastian, have died a total of four times. And that's including the one time that you jacked up the, the scarab too far and it slid off and crushed you while you're doing an oil change. <laughs> okay. Were they all self-inflicted accidental deaths? Sebastian, does that sound about right? Did you just constantly die while doing oil changes? Did you die any other way? Not, not Sebastian, but Pashki's guy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh. not Sebastian. Excuse me, John, is what I meant to say. Okay. I, uh, John, you died a total of four times, including the one me. time you dropped. James, oh my gosh, James, John, biblical names. All right. James, you have died four times, including the time you dropped a scarab on yourself while changing oil. Did you die any other ways besides during oil changes? I mean, was it always self-inflicted and accidental? I would like to think it's mostly accidents, except for the times that it was intentional, like when the street urchins <laughs> got mad at me for not giving them my loose change, <laughs> and then they all ganged up on me in the alley. Oil on them. Your milk money. I know it took three days Speaking for me to recharge. 
speaking of which, uh, John and well, and everyone, I was reading a, a fucking Graham McNeil book today, and he talked about you people love team- Graham McNeil. Yeah, he talked about people teaming up to take down a larger opponent as being like rats taking down a drunken stevedore. And I, I was like, <laughs> are we? <laughs> are we How losing a lot of doc- yeah are we losing a lot of dock workers to rats you know what's, like you know what's frustrating charles what? if danger if danger slater had written that line i would be like cheering in the streets did you say danger- chuck tingle because Danger Slater would know that it was funny and over the top. Exactly. And Graham McNeil just wrote that and was like, awesome. You think he rubs his chest while he writes? I think so. Yeah. Yep, yep. But like uh, this? Or no, like no. This? Like, like, like that? Oh, Like, oh. Uh, like yeah, a lot of oil. I, a lot of I oil I hope you know involved. that like at some point, this is going to get back to Games Workshop. And we're going to get Inquisitors <laughs> knocking on all of our doors. Hey, hey, Graham. Come at me, bro. Dan, I love you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Love um, you. Yeah. I'll second Look, that. Dan went a little fucking nuts in uh, ending the death part one. Uh, Go to bed, honey. Yeah. He, uh, I think he rolled and smoked an entire thesaurus before he wrote that book. <laughs> um, yeah. You're not allowed to read any more of my books then, if that's a complaint, Charles. <laughs> it's not, but dude, like I've, I read Thomas Ligotti, and even I was like, God damn, Abnet, reel it in. Like, because he does these uh, monologues by Malkador where he's like using six syllable okay. occult hold words. Up. Anyway, yeah. That is, hold up. That is, okay. That is within character of Malkador. We yeah. have to, yeah. if you're a nerd, that yeah, is Malkador is. through and through. Yeah. Second yeah. of all, those scarabs have rolled up and okay. your hatches have opened up. <laughs> if anybody else wants to hop on a motorbike instead of getting into a scarab, uh-huh. uh, you can. All right. So we have one person for a motorbike. All right. I, I think I'm the rest too of you can fit into a scarab then. You just yeah, have one yeah. person out. So the yeah. th- other three of you can fit into a scarab. All right. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. In character, like, uh, hmm, I don't know. I wonder if I should insist on driving separately because I do have a, a luxury vehicle. Uh, do you really yeah. want to drive your luxury veal a luxury vehicle into limbo? You certainly can. I mean, I'm I'm wondering if I'm the kind of asshole who would be more worried about my car or about having to ride with like my lessers. Why don't you roll a personality check and find out? That's a out. good idea. That's a good idea. You tell me what it means. I'm just gonna roll it. Uh let's see. That's a seven total. Meaning I have so that- no personality. Oh. That's right so on. That's, yeah. Right. So you can swallow your pride and okay. get in the scare, but you're going to insist on driving. Okay. Excellent. All right. Cool. Let's All right. uh let's head out then. John, you're gonna be riding alongside in your motorcycle. Like a little sidecar. <laughs> so to begin with, um, a lot of you are in the center of the white zone, the core of the city. So you're going to be passing through the white zone into the gray zone before you head through limbo and into the halo. Hang on one second. I'm sorry. Last second. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm Go glad I it. thought of it. So, hey, one of my uh, one of my contacts is another enforcer. 
Um, mm -hmm. Can I, like, uh, rope them into the task? Sure. Uh, it's kind of like a, a hireling? Yeah. Uh, uh, it you... says here that the enforcer's name is Jacob Grants, but I think his actual name is Jacob Grants Hamfund. Um, so I think Certainly. I think Enforcer Hamfund will be riding along with us. Absolutely. So the fact of anyone getting Paul personally by a cardinal is big shit. And the fact that you are above him in a class, you can pull rank. So you basically tell him to get his sorry ass on a motorbike unless you're changing out heavy <laughs> other people. Um, and they will follow your orders and your orders explicitly. Um, cool. And that is perfectly fine. So you can say that this uh, Mr. Hamfund would be your squire. <laughs> So Great. glad Hamfund is back. Hamfund is in us, all of yes. us. Okay, um, so you pass through the White District um, as you are are um, going through. We'll just kind of do this as a montage. Each of you, tell me what's a slice of what this center of where the upper echelon looks like. One of you give me a slice, and I'm going to have each of you kind of do me as a slice for montage, since we have a limited time format, and we want to go through this rich and varied city. All right, well, I'm most focused on the salons here. They have these high-end spa salons, six levels where you can get the cucumber water on the first level, and then by the time you're up at the top, you don't even look like yourself anymore. It's incredible. Stem cells have a way of doing that. <laughs> well, and the full body um, immolating exfoliation. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so you go through these this kind of more upscale where the buildings are actually cleaned and things look good and you start to go into the gray area where you have more labor class people more of the industries the factories um but it's a little bit of the slice of life as you go through this area is that fellow selling tarantula meat it's kind of a delicacy hmm. i feel like this would be the perfect area because it's not too highbrow so the the like rent for the area is going to be more reasonable so it could have like a specialty store that can actually sustain itself where it sells new used like old it's still in box computer equipment which is now a very high priority and it's what i would know where that's at because i need to fix things then as you are passing through the giant marketplace if you have one handy uh, James, would you like to roll a d12 to see what happens in this area? A d12 to find out? Eight. Eight. Uh, you see a woman... Um, a woman is being chased by 1d6 violent drunks. That's five drunks. And in the <laughs> background, you see that there is an enforcer kicking an old man to death on the street. And God yeah, there's some, there's some tech. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the gray zone. Um, so all of you are a white cell with form for one task and one task only, and it's not to help those citizens. So you just continue your motorcade past and through while people kind of look in awe because they know with the social designation that you have that you are on a mission. Uh, so if you wanted to, you could just 
plow your scarab over those accosting drunks, if you so choose. <clears throat> yeah, I, I was going to say that uh, absolutely for sure, uh, Fenris uh, kind of uh, slides, like, not stopping, just, like, continue driving next to the sidewalk uh, and uh, sticks out an arm with his pocket knife held and as he passes gouges the uh the enforcer kicking the old man to death right in the eye socket <laughs> without slowing interesting because you are an enforcer and I, yeah i first i want you son of fenris i i want you to roll me a violence check because you're on a motorbike which makes this a little bit challenging petition to you Petition to rename this show 1D6 Violent Drunks. <laughs> I like 1D6 Sons of Fenris. <laughs> um, Violent Sons of Fenris. I, uh, I rolled one under. Great. So you just shank this guy right in the neck. Yep. I also need you to roll me a tension check. So that is a personality check because you are directly violating your orders as an enforcer by killing another enforcer. That's true. That's like the prime directive of cops. Yeah. Well, as I said, there's a, I remember not being a cop. Um, Fair enough. And, uh, Someone in Samsara fucked up because you, if you were completely made, uh, if you're completely reborn, your memory should have been scrapped. So something went wrong. Yeah, that's, that, that is the, the, what oh. I'm going with is that. Oh, I know. Uh, I'm just saying, I just, I'm doing the uh, exposition uh, for uh, the viewer who hasn't read the book. Yeah. Hmm. So whatever, whatever happened when I was getting uh, uh, renewed and remade from a filthy Epsilon did not take properly and i remember being a a rebel uh <clears throat> my personality rebel, was not rebel. deleted anyway uh, so did you pass or uh, fail I, I failed that all right so you get one point of tension as you know that there's going to be repercussions for you for openly defying isaac in fact you see some of the cameras that are constantly monitor the populace turn and lock on to you so you've got that bad feeling about this chewy uh, so you <laughs> push through the rest of the market and out into limbo there are thick walls that kind of protect the city from limbo and as you go through the large gates you get that smell of ferrocrete burning and you see piles of trash like there are large hopper vehicles that are just dumping waste from the city out in heaps and there barrel are fires are there trash there barrel fires are. hell Two yeah dirty, dirty urchins um home uh, houseless individuals in um fingerless gloves warming their hands over them uh, what what other things are you seeing sebastian um as if you're looking down the tip of your nose 90s future punks so like uh you know pink mohawk like sunglasses at night by firelight uh big you know wallet chain like probably a tank top on you know that that's sort of scene are you talking about hot topic or are you describing limbo <laughs> <laughs> both both is no, there like, a difference like that think, yeah. think about like um the, the street punks in a 90s movie like johnny mnemonic 
Like that's what I'm seeing out here in Limbo. Um, yeah, I'm picturing the crow, the punks from the crows. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, that vibe for sure. Yeah, they're swallowing bullet shells because full bullets would just be too much to waste. <laughs> yeah. If any of you have a D12 handy and would like to roll, otherwise I'd be happy to roll. I'll roll two D6s and add them together. We got a D12. Do like, that. All right, go for it. Five. Five. So as you are looking at this dystopian just wasteland, you particular, James, catch your eye its movement in one of these giant mounds of trash. You see that it's beginning to tremble and quake at the middle of it. And all of a sudden, there's this giant rusty fist that, like, sticks out of the heap and begins to just dismantle the heap. Something trombles out from the trash, <laughs> and it looks similar to a hippopotamus, but it is just a mechanical behemoth. It just scoops up heaps of trash and a couple of those like ratty 90s urchins in with it and just crunches it with massive jaws. Cool. Keeping the streets clean. Yeah, yeah. that's what urchins are good for is hippo yeah. crunching. In the oh, distance. Is this thing big enough that we can ram it with the uh, transport? So It's large, so it would... Probably do damage to your scarab if you wanted to. Nah. If you wanted to take the time, you, James, you probably could get out of, of your the scarab and try to repair and reprogram it if you wanted. Sure. Control a mechanical behemoth. Ooh, that sounds yeah, fun. That. Yeah, yeah, we'll pull over. Yeah. We're picking up. We're we're building a posse as we go. All right. That's so I I get my toolkit ready. Put on my apron. Just. All right. And I I get ready to assess it and uh hey, hey, hey motorbike guy. This is Robert De Niro's <laughs> voice right now. This is I, the I best, hear it. I hear the it best I impression it. of Robert De Niro you've ever heard. I Man, that is the when, best. Hey, did Robert De Niro join our podcast? Surprise, it's Pesci. <laughs> wow. <I didn't>, uh, <laughs> Uh, anyways, dropped. <laughs> I need you to get me uh, up alongside the hippo on your bike. I'm going to jump off and jump onto its back and then reprogram it. I'm going to film this. Good idea. I would love to know, as you see James beginning his repair, and James, I'm going to need you to make me a tech roll, okay. how you're going to spin this as propaganda that supports the wisdom and the benevolence of not only Isaac, but the system at large. You want me to do that? No, I, I'm sorry. So, but I am just getting everyone. I'm going to say Dolores because Dolores ah. is the journalist. I am calling everyone by the wrong name. Thank you. I'm Dolores. Um, James, what did you roll? James rolled a six. All right. Uh, so, James, you were fixing this mechanical monstrosity, an ancient thing that was left to rust and uh, it decay out here. And so, Dolores, you could make this a, a filmable moment if you like. Yes, I, I would like to film this. 
how are you spinning this for propaganda that supports the wisdom and uh, of Isaac? I am discussing how the industrious citizens of our fair city, imbued as they are with both their free will and their innovation, are harnessing the power of the um, the objects put out here for our the betterment of society to reform society into a more perfect Isaac vision. So the camera pans over to you, James, as you're fixing this very hungry, hungry hippo that is just like still masticating like the remnants of like the street urchins that it scooped up in its jaws as you were fixing it. <laughs> what does this scene look like as you're on top of this? Well, so James kind of just jumps on and went to grab like the any like scene he could to get in there just to get the purchase leverage on there and then after that he pulls out the screwdriver that's kind of got like a lever action that as he goes down it, it spins up the bolts kind of like you know de niro <laughs> in brazil when he was fixing the ac i know my impression's impeccable uh <clears throat> so are you uh, going to zip line out of here though is the real question yeah i feel like in the spirit of the character, yes, I should have a zip line. Did we mention it earlier? No. Let's, let's add that retroactively. But I do have a mini flashlight. And okay. so I've got that in my mouth as I'm poking around with the wires, ripping out this, like, not necessary, not necessary. Uh, that was, got it. Okay. <laughs> and just redoing what I can, pull out my Zippo, open it up, start soldering with the lighter because... It's what you got. It's got to make do. And uh, I would like to say that the eyes should go from red to like a docile bluish green. Maybe. Love it. I love it. It's a great scene and it is going to get much acclaim and keep citizens loyal. And as you are on your bike, Ulysses, as all of this is happening, uh, roll me an instinct check. Eight, uh, and I have diarrhea. Uh, I mean, you're, you're closer than I want to admit. <laughs> so it was a seven? Three under, which would be a seven. Uh, okay. I wrote three under. Three under. Yeah. All right. That is awesome. Okay. So uh, as you are panning the environment and, and looking for threats, you see off in the core of your eye that there is some type of bombed out hangar and there is loud music and lights flashing from within it. That seems fine. Um, so serious question though, that does seem fine though, right? Like, I mean, um, I'm not gonna not, bother with it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't even mention it to the other people. It's like, hey, there's a drug party in the drug party area of town. <laughs> like it's fine. Everyone knows about the drug party town. Yeah. So then James, now that you have repaired this hippopotamus monstrosity, are you going to be writing it as a mount instead of getting back into the scarab? Or are you, you say going anything to anything other than yes, we're not friends anymore? 
Well, now I feel obligated to riding it, but not as a mount. How about a steed? Mm. How about like a like could surfing? Could I? Oh, I like windsurfing. Oh, How about yeah. a hungry, hungry Uber? Uh, I was gonna see like fashion myself a chariot to be pulled by a mechanical hippo, but Pretty surfing well, on the hippo. There's like scrapping stuff around so if you wanted to make a chariot i'm sure you could but you could make it out of orphan bones uh, you could probably make the even best have chariots because like... they're still malleable right so you yeah, can form yeah, it yeah yeah how many orphan bones much... can i get because out of the hippos are not getting it's nearly how enough how oil orphan bones. on the orphan bones <laughs> how much yeah. what roll, roll a oil. d20 for orphan bones all right roll no. a d20 for orphan bones ian you can't stop me it's already left my hand <laughs> oh, it's a natural one, you bastard. Fuck you. Is it? Yeah. There's, there's one orphan bone. Oh my god. Alright, so, oh, wait, wait, so wait, wait, wait. I need is? to know which bone. The skull. He's like riding on top of the skull, obviously. Like now, this really has gone from 1984 to Brazil. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I feel like they're not that far off. Um, I will I mean, say for the average watcher or listener, if you have not seen Terry Gilliam's Brazil, you fantastic. owe it to yourself. It is pinnacle yeah. to cinema. Yeah. Um, As you can tell, last few minutes of the movie will just break your heart. But, oh, it will. But it's worth it's, oh, it's like oh. by turns hilarious and frightening and um, grim and just wonderful. Yeah. I did a lot of drugs and watched that movie back in the day. Oh, that must be terrifying, especially when the... Oh, I had a good time. Samurai. Yeah, the samurai samurai. was cool. (laughs) So Um, good. So you have an orphan skull. um, And uh, as you... So as you are, I guess, riding on the back of this monstrosity (laughs) mechanically... Uh, you took the time to really lubricate its joints and make it go. It is just a little bit slower than the scarab, um, but it just trombles by, and um, y- you notice that as you are driving this, that it gives a lot of the riffraff here or epsilon class individuals a lot of pause. They go out of their way to avoid it. It could be the fact that there is just gore and viscera hanging from its jaws, or maybe this thing has some type of a history that you're not privy to, but people are just not approaching you. Um, you do still get the feeling of being watched from like every corner as you're looking at these broken down buildings, these trash heaps. Um, you, Everyone seems very painfully aware of your presence uh, and it weighs down on all of you. Well, yeah, we don't belong there. As you are pushing through limbo, I need you, one of you to roll me 1d12 one more time. I'll roll one. I haven't rolled one yet. Yeah, do Let's that do for me, Dolores. It's a 10. 10. So as you are pushing upward, you see that there looks to be like an old abandoned camp. Like, it looks just like a campground. Everything is this industrial wasteland from eye to eye. But here are canvas tents uh, leveled ground there is a heap of old rubber tires um, and it looks like someone with some type of civilization mindedness set this up for some reason 
This is probably and, where I share with my friends the existence of the wax people. Tell us more about the wax people, these people who have chosen to wander into the halo unprotected where they're exposed to dangerous levels of radiation that why are there terrible levels of radiation anyways around the city it's simply oh, not important actually. it's not important why the radiation is there what's important is that these chaps decide to go out into it voluntarily there's an act of rebellion they want our social services do they want us to take care of them for the rest of their miserable existences no yeah, that's pretty much my take on the, the wax man. Make me a logic check. <laughs> well, I'm a fucking propagandist, my friend. I think I'm going to fail that every time I roll it. Oh, surprisingly, uh, that's a seven. Let's see how strong I am in the logic. So as you are telling him about the wax people and that don't mind why there's this radiation you get that intrusive thought that nightmare that you've been having every night that robs you of that sleep that restores tension because you know there's some kernel truth about the history of the city the history that you're supposed to protect do you share any of that truth or do you squelch it down and protect Isaac in the city. I'm going to protect Isaac in the city. I'm living okay. a good life in the city. I am a uh, beta level loyalty human. Uh, real life Charles would burn it all down um, and like right out there with the wax people and maybe turn into a beast man. But uh, no, like regrettably, Sebastian is a bit of a tool. And this is why you're a beta class citizen. You are loyal. You keep everything running. Good for you. It means you feel a little bit of your soul dying inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that means that unless anybody wants to take any action here, you can spend a good couple more hours pushing through limbo and going towards the halo, which you can see is the distance as the sun's beginning to set. If that's a sun, you're kind of outside the artificial climate of NeuroCity. There's some type of luminescent haze above, but in the distance, you can see that the horizon is flickering and shimmering and glowing just a bit the darker it's getting out here. Are you taking your Soma, citizen? I am. I am. Soma is just like the, the pill from Equilibrium and other types of dystopian pills meant to keep, keep the uh, Delta-class citizens in line. If I so may, be, but... uh, the Alpha, Delta, Gamma-class citizens, Soma, all of those are actually taken not from 1984, but from Aldous Huxley's... Brave. Brave. Yep, Brave I actually, that's yeah. uh, that was our uh, going live... Uh, uh, announcement was it's Brave New World meets Cyberpunk. So the pills in Equilibrium and everything are actually like taken from the Soma that Aldous Huxley invented. And interestingly, for such a guy who's interpreted as being anti-drug, that dude was doing hella drugs. Like read uh, Brave New World, but also read Doors of Perception by that cat. It's oh, bad. Yeah. Drugs yeah. for me, but not for thee. Exactly. Yeah. Now take your Soma, citizen. 
Okay, uh, so I'm not hearing anyone else wanting to do any actions in Limbo and to challenge forward towards Halo. I've taken my Soma counted as an action, but yeah. Okay, no one has said it. So as night, question mark, begins to fall, you can see the horizons getting brighter and brighter. It's as if it is the Aurora Borealis, but coming up from the ground? Everything has a shimmer to it. Doesn't one of hear... us have night vision stuff? Oh, I took the goggles earlier. You should check that stuff out. Sure, yeah. Um, okay. What do, so, I, what do I want to roll to check out stuff with the goggles? Make me an instinct. Instinct. That's one over. So you are trying to tune the levels and you're getting a lot of background noise from the radiation. In fact, you're hearing something clicking and grinding coming from inside the hippopotamus. Like there's some type of Geiger counter inside of it and it is going crazy. It starts as a crackle and then now it is basically a mechanical roar. The beast itself seems completely unfazed by it, but you're nervously looking at all the seals in your armor to make sure that everything is in place. Every gasket and gorget is locked fast. Okay. The hippo needs some Pepto-Bismol. All right. I don't think we have that for hippos, especially not mechanical so, hippos. Does anyone have any 1030 weight oil? Regrettably, no. Oh, no. I, uh, I, I have you... something called the Bible of uh, Vitology, which I'm assuming is like that Pearl Jam album. It's similar. It's a little <laughs> bit more less mumbly and more coherent, mm -hmm. but it talks okay. about the principles of vitology, which deal with what it takes to be a good citizen. It's your obedience to the system. It is following orders blindly. It is being productive. It is being industrious. It is never falling in love. It is. I hate this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> All of it. Uh, so, Ulysses, are you taking point in motorbike, or are what are you doing relationship to the scarab and the hippopotamus? I told Hamfun to follow your lead, John. God, so I keep he... calling everyone Sebastian. My uh, God. Yeah. Sebastian everyone is Sebastian. Yeah. That should be yeah. your second title. Everybody is Sebastian. <laughs> God, uh, sorry, Ulysses, you're, in, uh, you're on motorbike. I'm, I'm the one that's all hopped up on, uh, on uh, antibiotics right now. I'm the one who gets the name wrong. <laughs> so are you um, taking points or are you antibiotics? antibiotics really fucked me up i am i am not my brain's not yeah they would be weird too right like, now you would not yeah. like to do improv i will happily uh, assign it to someone else unless you want I, to see what the drugs do to you i mean it's not they're not the fun ones done. um done lean into it yeah i'm let uh it let it flow man, man. I need a tissue before I let it flow, my dudes. Uh, <laughs> well, that was the whole point of taking me out of pot, so it wouldn't be flowing. <laughs> I uh, I would probably be I would probably be taking point uh, with a ham fund uh, riding next to me. Um, 
I don't other than other than the uh clergy dude. Uh the You guys doing wheelie contests? Yeah, we're doing wheelie contests. Uh but my motorcycle has like a mechanism my motorcycle is a low rider motorcycle. Uh I can drop the I can drop the back. Um do you scrape when you go over speed bumps? Uh well I can also no handlebars, no handlebars. <laughs> streamers. Um I was thinking about uh ice not iced tea. Uh today was a good day is the song I was thinking of. Um but you know, we're we're having a contest, but my motorcycle has hydraulics, which makes it a little bit of an unfair contest. Uh because I'm just that much cooler. Um, but yeah, I'm in front. I'm, I'm taking point is, I guess, the answer to your question that you asked like five minutes ago. Well, then, do you have a, tw- a D12 handy? I you, you told us 2D6, my dude. That's fine. Hey, I, I just, I like, hey, I will roll. I, I like being able to have you guys roll random tables because it holds me accountable that I'm not making up something, but I will roll. I rolled an 11. All right. So as you are doing your wheelies and popping your hydraulics, as you are beginning to cross into this glowing land, you see one of those waxmen that Sebastian warned you about. He is on the ground, like reaching out to you, like laying down. Um, and you see him, like his words are slurred and heavy, but he seems to be asking for water. But he's also Epsilon class. Hmm. Well, I don't got no water, so it doesn't matter. Um, uh, do you stop to talk with him and just write on? Um, we're looking for a thing, aren't we? Yeah. You know, I'll stop. I'll, I'll come to a stop next to him. Um, I... I I offer him a flask. Uh, it is not water. It is whiskey. It is whatever. It's cyber. It's 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 uh it's Brave New World cyberpunk whiskey. <laughs> PM. PM. Um, whiskey PM. <laughs> you, 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 you know, he's just like gasping for water, and you give him a flask of like. You know, the opposite essentially. Whiskey. That'll that'll put like, hair on your uh your spines. <laughs> that'll put so hair on the sores on the inside of your mouth. <laughs> he does the movie scene where he like, blows it out as like a as like a cloud of vapor and then looks at it and like one of his eyes like goes sideways and then he yep. just like latches onto the flask and sucks it all yeah. down like yeah, right down yeah. Yeah. And he chugs yeah. all of it and yep. like as you look at him yeah. like you see this liquid like go down into his chest like his yeah. skin is looks like they call them wax men for a reason because their skin is run like wax and it hangs in weird ways and there are weird oh. clusters that are like i don't i don't need to call like, me like, up, dude do you guys do you guys remember that scene in Robocop where the guy gets dunked in uh nuclear waste and then, and then goes he, shambling around? Yeah, like, and all he gets smashed. And yeah. Yeah, that's Sorry, that's what you, I'm imagining yeah. is like the wax people looking like Robocop or did you say the Toxic Avenger? No, Robocop. I said, it's I the said guy. Robocop. Toxy turned out okay. Yeah, uh Robocop toxic fine. guy. 
Yeah, <laughs> Robocop toxic guy, not so much. Isn't that the dad from that 70s show that gets hit? I think, I think so, right. yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like 80% sure you're right. Yeah. Hello, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you uh, you see like just the, like the whiskey like burrowing through various weird burrowing. chambers in his chest. <laughs> um, and he coughs and he blinks and he points somewhere at the horizon with a shaky hand. Um, and he says... There's a temple of ancient technology that way, but in this perfect De Niro like accents. <laughs> oh um, man! Uh, well, hold on a second. Hold on. Why Actually, could you say that for me so I could hear it? I'm sorry. I just heard Ian's De Niro impression, and now I'm ashamed. That was <laughs> so good. There's no Wait, De Niro uh, shaming in this in this show. Yeah. There's no De Niro shaming okay, in our well, podcast. Hey, I didn't know. I, 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 not, I, I want to suggest. Of a De Niro. I want to suggest. Bridget, uh, Charles, your your priest Sebastian's voice is perfect, so you don't get to play. But the four of us for the rest of the night are going to do De Niro impersonations. Okay. All right. So I'll start. Perfect. I'd say. Here's my De Niro. Here I go. Everything. Here I go. Thank you. You can keep the flask. Then I get on my bike and I kind of <laughs> gesture for everyone to follow. That was, that was spot on. Not as good as the ends. But you, you hear this like, sure what the Niro sounds like, y'all. No, I can't. Dude, like, I'm it's having the same problem. Yeah, is, yeah. is the Niro like, a real person? I think I've got a grip on him. I, I like I realize that I'm thinking of Pacino and I'm like, yeah, okay. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, like Pacino, Pacino Ron I can Jeremy, do. you know. And in um, my head, yeah. he just sounds like Ron uh, Jeremy. Italian... Yeah, kidding. Yeah, no. In my head, he just sounds like the Italian um, Abraham Lincoln from Mr. Show. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that sketch, but man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah basically, huh. as you mount back up, you hear this like hoof sound, and you realize that the wax man, like one of those weird gurgling organs, is like caught. <laughs> fire internally because of that whiskey no, he's like, he does like that. frantically trying to like punch his chest to like quell the flames bursting out of like an like, orifice yeah. that none of you have yeah it'll think, do that I, I think the first time I drank whiskey that's legitimately what I felt like was happening <laughs> that's not it's not inaccurate is the thing yeah 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 <laughs> That's why you mix it with soda water and, you know, maraschinos. I don't know. Whatever. It's ironic, well, if I want to be a snob. Well, it's ironic. I, I wound up a vodka drinker eventually because, like, I never was that into whiskey. It was just too sweet for me. Like, when I wanted liquor, I wanted, like, no bullshitting around. <laughs> you wanted, like, the hydraulic brake fluid that they're always drinking yes, in 40K. exactly. Yes, yeah. If I could get my hands on some of that Iron Warrior shit, I would have been all about it. Yeah, I like the stuff they brew on Jagoras. <laughs> I mean, that Maris <laughs> didn't milk. one of them, like one of the Iron Warriors, said that they like also use it to clean uh, yeah. grease off of brake assemblies or something. Yeah, yeah and, that was, and I that was, that was like, now that's a, now uh, that's a drink. <laughs> there's a tequila, um, called Montezuma's Revenge. Yes, yeah, I know. I thought fucking the worst. I thought you were gonna say vodka, where it's fifty percent vodka, fifty percent tequila. Vodka. I would oh, fight no. myself. No, it is not good. No, 
the wolf so liquor line, the nuts. starting with vodka because it's the two cheapest <laughs> alcohols you can actually get produced. Mm-hmm. There, there's a place in Indiana that is the largest, like one of the largest liquor distri- like manufacturers in the world, and exactly. one of the main products is just generic vodka that like mm-hmm. companies put their logo on. Yeah, if you look at the bottle of tequila, there's a number on the side that indicates where it was made. Ninety percent of all tequilas in the market could be a little wrong on that number, uh, but a high percentage uh, are all made by like just so many tequila distilleries, and then just like uh, like Casamigos shows up. It's just like, oh yeah, I like that. Put that 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 in that bottle. That's mine now. Okay, but they're already buying that. MGP. Yeah, Hmm? MGP and whatever else. Lawrenceburg, Indiana. One of the the largest producers. Hmm? Now, on the other end of the spectrum, if you happen to live somewhere with a Costco that actually sells booze, unlike Utah. um, Yeah, like uh, you can get their Costco brand of like vodka or whatever, and it's essentially like Grey Goose that's been relabeled and like the price Mm -hmm. cut. Like they There's... they will only put their store brand on like really good booze and shit and like every any time I'm going to Wendover my mom's like pick me up some you know blah 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 like all these different Kirkland liquors because they're apparently really good and really cheap. So. There's a knockoff so, Tito's as well. With Tito's is also made in Indiana, shipped yeah. to Texas, and then yeah. distilled and then resold. Uh, this... Actually, Ian, I have to say this because we have entered a place where I can say one of my favorite things. Uh, if you pick up any Boar's Head product, with Boar's Head being considered the high-end deli meat, check out its manufacturing label, because Boar's Head is a fucking marketing company who buys the cheapest shit they can. Oh, I fucking hate Boar's Head so much. Keep in mind, I man. Indiana, I need some Boar's Head ham right now. now. We're, we're, we're gonna have to, I have to, to like, finish fish. my rant. We can okay. cost-effectively make this product. Because people... <laughs> We yeah. just and put it in the Yeah. I love it. I, literally, <laughs> a fun fact Lawrenceburg, Indiana, because they produce the juice that makes the award winning whiskeys internationally, produces so much of that that now there is a new class of internationally recognized whiskey that is an Indiana rye because we wow. actually made it. So yeah, so there is a literal like internationally standard that is because the juice comes from Indiana. So like there's wow. Marvin Corn in Indiana. But you got this direction, Ulysses, of where the temple is supposed to be. Do you communicate that, that to the rest of your party? That was way too smooth of a transition, my dude. It's like um, Indiana whiskey and vodka and tequila. And where are you going? Who's <laughs> <Who's dude? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. I. 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 I drive up to the scarab and knock on the window. I write him a ticket. <laughs> Can you please do that? Because a, I like the fact that like, I, I'm, not, I'm never trying to be that old man who's like my generation is different from your generations, but like literally, there are very few people in Gen Z have been in a car with a rolled down window. So can you do that again for the benefit yes. of our viewers? Because that was amazing. However, I call bullshit because the last car I drove. The thing is, just most people are willing to pay a hundred dollars to have power windows. I was not willing to pay a goddamn dime for anything, so I didn't have power locks. I didn't have so. Thank you. Is me cranking down the window? Yeah, it's a beautiful sound. 
that's the sound it makes when I crank that. too. <laughs> that is why you're on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, sorry. Resume. Window rolls down. You give him a ticket. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Like, if cops wrote tickets at speed on the highway, I I would respect them a lot more. They do. They do. They deliver them with t-shirt guns. <laughs> or or like like you you guys have to pull a very dangerous maneuver where like you pluck it out of his hand like across the two cars or whatever i love it okay so aside from that you tell me that the temple's this away yeah yep and we I tell you that, that. Away. Yep. sounds good to john that's yep. what happens ian make it temple. sound like make it sound like in post make it sound like i was really smart and witty there <laughs> we don't have the technology yet. All we have is this De Niro voice modulator. <laughs> it's just AI. We just plug it in. We we sympathize John's voice, and then we run it through the De Niro filter, and then you'll sound fine. The, pro the problem is, is, I sound way too much like De Niro already. All right, I tell you what, guys, um, I'll make it easier for you. Everybody, do your Pesci instead. Badgers. All right, hold on. Give me well, hold on. <laughs> hey, it's me, Joe Pesci. <laughs> oh my god. Mirror and scene. You all go through the, the halo. And everything is iridescent. Everything has this odd shimmery glow to it. But the more your eyes adjust to the shimmer, you notice just how everything is crumbling at the molecular level. Everything that looks solid just turns the dust under the tread of your scarab or the, the tread of your motorbike wheels or hippopotamus. Uh, point of order, my motorbike crumbles. <laughs> so Another does that stars. mean that... Three-year-old SARS for the evening. Does that mean that we're not able to move forward, or does it just mean that, like, uh, rocks and so forth are not very solid? It just means that you are leaving a very big wake in the Earth okay. as you push forward. Um, you can see uh, through the distance there are various buildings, but they are very few and far in between, like distant icebergs in the ocean. Everything has a weird sense of distance to it as you realize that your eyes itself have a hard time grasping to things as if reality is warped under the stress of everything. As you are going along through here, you notice that there is a odd shadow that is above you that seems to be blotting out the glow it looks like a giant bird is circling above you well we have shotguns but those are like bird shots for small birds not giant birds and i don't think we want to try anything from how I far overhead is it i got like a real gun first off i would like all of you to make me a logic check Mine passed. I got a four. Uh, I think I failed. Yeah, I did. If it meets, it, it beats. So, <clears throat> so, so, hypothetically, 
You don't need <laughs> like, to bargain this one. It's not that big of a deal. Okay, I passed. Bargain. I just I needed to bargain. bargain. <laughs> now I know how to defeat him. <laughs> John um, so, Baltusberger, hard bargainer. Dolores, you have Sometimes. been exposed to lots of interesting information on the various stories that you've told. And there have been times you've had to give cautionary tales to people to kind of keep them in their place to make sure they don't wander out into Limbo and into Halo. So you are familiar with what this thing is that is circling above you. And you know that it's Abaddon. Mm. The, the spoiler? Uh, kind the, of. The pit, uh, probably. No. No, it is a gigantic condor-like creature that stalks Halo. Its deafening scream can drive men and people crazy, and its claws can drag a vehicle and toss it from the sky. That sounds yeah. like nothing we need to fuck with, especially. Is it real? Uh, or is you it know, and maybe uh, Sebastian would know, but why this creature exists and this anathema unto itself, you know that somehow it's linked to the origin of Neurocity, but no one has recorded exactly why. So yeah, it's, it is circling above you. So yeah, you're, so it definitely you're, you're sees fucked. Us. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I um, to evacuate the vehicle. Um, I've seen these things before and they can basically pick up our car and just crush it and drop it again. So and then, uh, oh, I'll just make up some lore on the spot. Why not? Um, yeah. These uh, feathery sons of bitches are what prevented the first attempt to evacuate Neurosity. Did I say evacuate? I didn't mean to let that slip. There have never been any attempts to evacuate the area. So if you are abandoning your vehicle, you can see that in the distance where Ulysses kind of mentioned what the waxman said that tallish big square building is likely the temple that you're designated to look at but there are various craters and other things that you can try to duck into if you want or you can make that beeline towards the the big building i say we make a beeline for it i smack my hippo on its robotic butt <laughs> It doesn't seem to respond in any way other than just trundling forward. You know, hippos are surprisingly fast. I just want to say that. Yeah, terrifyingly fast. Yeah. So I'm just gonna stink eye a little bit. They they kill a lot more people than like crocodiles and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So some of you abandon your vehicles, but you are riding your hippo to glory. Yes. Are you, Sebastian, are you telling Hamfun to stay on bike or to dismount? Uh, what is John going to do? I <laughs> think that both John and Hamfun are, uh, I think that actually, like, I'm going to ride with Hamfun and John um, should, like, Bridget, I think that your character should ride with John so that we can abandon the the larger vehicle, hopefully giving it something to snack on, and then do the rest of the the distance on hippopotamus and motorcycle. What do you guys think? 
as all of you are waiting, are, are kind of equivocating and troubling with fear, um, you're still standing there as the condor is circling, and you see that it opens its giant mouth that is almost canyon-like as it extends. And in fact, in the odd still quietness of this place, you hear... It almost sounds like a drawbridge beginning to open and yawn open, and it unleashes this terrifying scream that sounds like multiple overlapping terrible sounds. Two of you tell me what these sounds are that overlap as it screams. Uh, Dial-up. 28.6. Dial-up. Absolutely. And it is that times two. You hear <laughs> multiple. Hmm? Could it also be jazz flute? Yes. Snake Can we jazz. hear what that would sound like? Hey, I'm a jazz flute here. <laughs> I was going to ask if we could hear jazz flute played by Robert De Niro. <laughs> so it makes that terrible sound and it shimmers the haze around you. The light itself buckles under the sonic disruption of its scream. I need all of you to roll me a personality check. I feel that Actually, one. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, make make it lot. We'll make it as logic. Um... That's good, because I think I pass a logic one. Personality, I'm not sure I would have. Oh, yeah. Either way, I would have been fine. Okay. I passed my logic. Okay. I also passed. Delicious. Now the bargaining begins. Ulysses is on mute. Let's, uh, let's say for, um, for funsies that I failed. For funsies, all right. Uh, and then what about for ham funds? Who wants to roll a generic roll for ham fun? It's only right. Ham funds okay. Guy? He failed. Uh, oh, tragic. So the two of you are on motorbike, and you are split, and hear that that deafening, terrible roar. Both of you get a point of tension. Uh, so that is, so your, again, your threshold was, was on your character sheet. Once you pass that, that is when something bad happens. Uh, so for, yep. So you're at two points there. So you're one point to max. Uh, we will just say for funsies, ham funds, uh, begins to gibber and go mad. Uh, he has had <laughs> a fun. difficult life, and he was forced into service by Sebastian, and this is not a good day for Ham Fund. Why don't you, uh, since Sebastian, you work his handler, why don't you roll me to see what happens to him? Give me a 1d6. Let's see. That's a good old-fashioned 2, my friend. Fund has a panic attack. He, you could hear over his Vox beat that he is hyperventilating. He is freaking out. He feels like the world is collapsing in on himself, the bird diving down towards him, and he takes his helmet off. And as you see, like, in this terrible slow-mo, as he takes off his helmet, like, he, a terrible 
flame is by his head and his skin begins to melt like wax. His like ear just bubbles off, his flesh just runs off his face, exposing his bones. Damn. And you just hear him just like gurgling in as like his own flesh is sloughing inward into his chest. And he is just nonstop screaming. Um so as he's just out there screaming his head off, do you tell him anything or you just let him be buzzard bait? Uh, me? Uh, Since I'm right there with him? Uh, yeah, you can. I was going to say Sebastian is his handler, but you're next to him. Either one of you yeah. want to tell him something, you're more than welcome to. Nope. Them's the brakes. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him my axiom because I think it's completely appropriate right here. Hang on. Uh, we are almost in the uh, sacrifices. So with that, you hear uh, Abaddon make this, like, the sound of a thousand sails snapping, and it dives down towards the poor screaming ham fund and just picks him up wholesale, bike and all, and you hear this crunching sound as he flies off, or it flies <laughs> off, with a ham fund in his gullet. And you're pretty sure that until that that like fox bead is dissolved by its stomach acid, he's screaming the entire time. See, that's commitment. I like that on his part. You know, didn't give up easily. He went down tough. All right. Uh, so you got a few moments time before maybe Abaddon circles back. You see the temple standing in the distance. Like, how distant a distance could we make it there before it circles back? That's a good thing. Distance and reality here is kind of folds in mm. on itself. You think you could get there. What do you guys think? I think we should try. Yeah, I I'm think that's going to be a short game if we don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. I as as per the book, it is a surreal paradise of imprecise dimensions that continue as far as despair and determination will allow it. So yeah, you think you could probably make it. Well, we make I it? mean <clears throat> I I happen to know that hope is totally something that pans out always, so I think we should totally go for it. Yeah. Did that physically hurt you to say? <laughs> uh, no, no. No, there was enough sarcasm to insulate me. All right, so it sounds like the four of you are making a beeline then? Yeah. All right, so you are going in a straight line towards the building. At first, it seems to be getting further away as you're going forward but you see in the distance abaddon beginning to circle back around and it flaps its wings and as the wind goes through your field of vision it ripples that radiation in front of you and it seems to bring bring everything closer and you see that you are pretty close to making it to that building uh how all of you make me an instinct check or one of you make it for the entire scarab. Oh, no. I'm not in the scarab, so I'll make my own. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> six. Yeah, I, was for the hippo. I also got a six. 
which is good. Six okay. it is. Sounds like all of you have passed. Was that a pass for you, James? Uh, it is. It's a pass for all of you. So you're nope. able to push. I rolled a 10. Okay. So. Great. And, so some yeah. of you are get to the safety of this large building. It, and John's it, just like kicking it out there in the wilderness? Yep. Uh, just not moving as fast. I, hey, as hey, I'm a real man. This building is about a city block in dimension. Considering everything else is basically kind of crumbled, except with some other buildings in the distance, the fact that this building has stood is really odd. Uh, it's a as a quick aside, what are some of the other odd defining, defining features of this giant building? The gargoyles are facing the wrong way. Um, so it's I got like Philips Hue light bulbs, but like someone sat on the remote, so it's constantly changing <laughs> colors, but not like in a cohesive, pretty way, just more like it randomly turned blue. Oh, now it's strobing. Oh, oh, blue again, red, red, different color of red. <laughs> back to just white but so, that shows so when that was the last time that happened to you, um so there are some third-party apps that if you aren't paying attention to their settings will just affect every light in the house and <laughs> so you'll just be sitting there while you know your partner's on their phone just seeing what happens in the bedroom when they try to make it <laughs> to a thunderstorm and wow uh, so the entire house becomes a thunderstorm I love that. So that shows, though, that there is an energy source indeed within the building if those lights are going. So this is the correct place that Dying Waxman gave you the truth. Uh, so you were able to drive your vehicles inside this kind of large bay door. It looks like the doors have been blasted off the hinges themselves. And yet, Ulysses, you're trailing behind and you're seeing Abaddon closing in more and more and it looks like it's beginning to open its maw again i'm sure it's in fine in fact one <laughs> tire falls out of its mouth as it does that mm -hmm. since you are in rear do you <laughs> want to do anything to interact with the condor or do you want to get back into that building I pull out my uh, peacemaker. Uh, it is it's listed as a forty four, but it's actually a forty three and seven eighths. Um, <laughs> is that what you tell Really hard no. to find it. Really fucking hard. Yeah, to find really hard to find the ammo. Yeah. I have to buy forty four to find them a little bit. It's like that um, naked gun movie. <laughs> yeah, forty four <laughs> and the thirty three and a third. Yeah, or uh, two and a half. I think. Yeah, and. Uh, I kind of spin it. No, Peacemaker spin. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I do the cool gun thing with whatever gun I have in my hand, whatever kind of gun it is. And I say, like my ax and my axiom is we're going to have a fucking problem, which I asked the Condor. <laughs> I love that. So you can, I, I roll to, can, I, can I roll to intimidate the, the demon beast? Go ahead and make me a personality check. <laughs> These dice are not rolling to go for me tonight, buddy. I love it. Uh, I'm for dice jail. Rolled a nine. 
So you try to stand your ground and act cool. You no, no, I do stand my, I do stand my ground and act cool. It doesn't go well for me, maybe, but I do it. So you spin the barrel of your gun and you give the worst um, the, uh, De Niro impression you have ever given. Oh, that's fair. And what does that sound like? Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to actually do a Quint Eastwood impression. Hello, it's me, De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> are you feeling lucky? Well, are you bozo? All right, so Abaddon is a giant bird and doesn't give a shit and just keeps coming right seems, towards you. That seems unrealistic. I don't buy this. I mean, yeah, actually, nines. I would think a giant bird would give giant shits. Like, uh, actually, birds don't shit. They give that like, what's it called? It comes to their cloaca. It's, it's urine. Cloaca, it's urine and it, it's yeah. urine and poop together. Uh, yep, it yep, has yep. a name. I forgot what it was. So not I delicious. What it is. No. Oh my god, I was about to say that. That's so weird. On the same wavelength. All Guano? right. Guano. It's not. No, it's from bats. So. No, it's also from birds because there were guano wars where islands yeah. were taken over in the Pacific Ocean because of bird shit. Yep. So I'm gonna go with More guano. You know. Yeah. All right. So quick montage. Uh, so what happens here as you're standing down the bird? Um, you. All right. We'll do this quick. Birds diving in. Are you wanting to make an attack, dodge out of the way, or get into the safety of the buildings? Um, I um, can you roll to shriek for mercy? Well, no. Here's my question. Here's my question. If I die out here, will I still be renewed or uh, reborn? You did fail your last citizen test, and you also just knifed an enforcer in the neck on the way out of the city. No, I did not. That's a lie. It was his eye socket. You might not have also supported another enforcer in the line of duty when he was in distress. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to get reborn, buddy. You're going to get wiped. Well, as good as it went last time. Um, I will run towards the temple while firing into All right, the now air. Make me a violence check. Perfect. I, I rolled. I, I rolled bad. I rolled. Uh, let's <laughs> real bad, ma. Let's let's <laughs> let's say new rule. Any any time John says, let's say. It's an I, automatic crit fail. No, it's an automatic. <laughs> you have to take a shot. But it is important in this case, knowing your tension and what you rolled. Did you roll a double one? What if? What if? Uh, no, uh, it's a yes or no. Uh, it's a yes or no because there's a specific rule that comes into play. If you roll a double one in this instance, and so if it's not, it's not. I just need to know. Well, it's not. It's technically not a double one because my okay. ones have little hands on them. So it's really like if you look at it, it's more of a ten than a one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So that's not that's a GM. Is it a double one or not? I don't. I it's don't a know. double one. I'm just making sure here. So if basically, you wait to hear it from you, him. We will be here all night. 
That's my point. I will make this quick because this is interesting. Basically, because you fail in this situation and you're going to be maxing out your tension and you roll double ones, you uh, become a tracer. So you <laughs> fail so hard in this context that you develop psychic powers related to the check that you just botched, which was violence. So oh, you shit. can psychically assault people now. Every time you do that, it will raise your tension score. So that will basically cause you to um, get more and more psychotic. Where yeah. is it? In fact, I go so far as to call that a feature, not a bug. Yeah. <laughs> Telekinesis so that makes you a psychotic? Like, that's icing. So basically, you're gonna shooting wildly, but you're shooting mind bullets at Abaddon, and Abaddon's circling off. I'm gonna do my perfect Jack Black impression that's now. Mind bullets. Yes. So that's the rest of you are inside the safety of the giant facility. Then this is the place that you're supposed to be finding out if there is a imminent threat to the city or if there might be something that could be harvested to cure the energy crisis. So as you first enter into this giant building, the first thing that you see is like a oversized lobby as if there were other like almost like exhibits or something in this area. And in the center, there is a visitor's kiosk. And kneeling in front of it are four wax men that seem to be worshiping an old CRT monitor. Or maybe it's a whole computer. It's hard to tell. But they're kneeling in front of this receptionist desk and just like abasing themselves. How many of us have guns? All of you, except I couldn't quite tell if James actually is packing or not. You know, it hasn't come up till now. And honestly, you know, maybe James is a pacifist. I'm just going to fix hippos. I have a hippo. What do I need a gun for? That's a good that point. A you do have a hippo. valid point. Mm -hmm. You should have your hippo kill these dudes real quick. Yeah. And the hippo spits bullets, too. I I, I have my hippo tromble uh, from behind <laughs> them. And Trombled all over them. I just... I just say to them, um, uh, they got trumbled underfoot. You're looking at my hippo here. You're looking at my hippo. <laughs> you better have duck on, on that thing if you're looking at my hippo. And that's when I, I go, hippo, yep, yep, just, just like De Niro oppa, said. Yeah. What, what's an oppa? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, so, so, yeah. You use your hippo to attack the waxmen. And since we are close on time, instead of doing lots of extra rolls, you basically just walk a walk a snap each of these waxmen <laughs> in half with your souped up hippo monstrosity. So, like, I can see the hippo going forward, like, um, 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 with its mouth, you know? Yeah, it's just <laughs> the sound of just one of those hungry-headed hippos getting feverishly smacked by a clackety, 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 clackety. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So you have such a in... stupid game to give children. Yeah, but you know what? As a kid, I loved the shit out of it. 
and I don't even care. I will not apologize. Yeah, no, I did too. And I broke it real fast. Right. You have on either side of this receptionist desk doorways into rooms beyond. The store? Beyond. Oh, Bed Bath Beyond is going out of business, guys. Oh, room isn't rooms beyond the the furniture store? That's that's gonna uh, be room, I'm gonna well, go pick up some of them savings. There we go. Um, let's see. So uh, beyond the CRT monitor, we're inside, and there are how many doors? Two. Going deeper into the facility. Who has a coin to flip? Oh, I actually do. Oh, I was going to say it. All right, pick, pick the door, flip the coin. All right, so one side has a skull, one side has a number. Um, I know what it is, but someone else call it. Okay. Uh, death. Yeah, death. Let's call it death. death. It was a one, so it landed the opposite. Okay. Um, let's say that we take the whatever is the rightmost path then. Okay. So, ignoring the computer and the CRT module and whatever's on the wax people, you go to the door on the right, and you enter into a large cavernous room. You see, like, this is a sports arena-sized room with giant columns that run up that may have rusted metal that support the ceiling. You see that despite all of the degradation outside from the force of radiation. Everything feels oddly very firm and secure. And as you step foot into the space, you feel somewhere underneath you like a, a thrumming of just like raw power. This entire cyclopean space itself seems empty, but you see that there are bolts and rivets in the floor where there were devices or machines or something towards the center of this room there is a large square hole that leads downward and you hear this rhythmic thumping grinding sound at the end of this chamber it looks like it continues and goes into another space beyond like a very large set of double door hanger doors Continuous thumping grinding sounds more like power source than existential threat to me, but what do you guys think? Uh, I could see it happening either way, but I have mind bullets, so whatever. <laughs> Good point. I think that's just like the best way to like be nonplussed by anything. Yeah, but I got mind bullets, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The one Shit I'm getting is by the IRS for tax <laughs> evasion. I got mind bullets or whatever. I bet more than one person who was in shit with the IRS thought they had mind bullets. Like, <laughs> I like that that seems like something out of a Graham McNeil novel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so All right. what are the rest of you doing? And then we can call it for time. Um, I I would venture down. I I down. Yeah, I'm going out like a king. I'll venture down, and uh, do I have any final anything up my sleeve? No, I don't. Um, 
I kind of want to. We should have visited my little uh, my little flat in the white district and like done some cool drugs or whatever, or played my Game Boy. But nah, that's right. I have a and Game I'm Boy with one d six games. Everyone on their way heading down. What did you say? So I'm going to continue covering this this journey of everyone. The... So as you descend into the bottom layer of this, wherever this ancient technology is that poses such a threat to Isaac or perhaps a potential saving of the city, what would your final broadcast be as you descend into this place and you find some type of terrible truth about the existence of the city and the world itself. Viewers, I know that I've brought you many important, important stories over the years, life-changing, just, you know, the real blood and guts of this city. But here, <laughs> I find myself almost at a loss for words, seeing the terrible secret of how we were founded, where this all came from, why we all grow strange tumors, where all the radiation comes from. It's I, I'm going to let you see for yourself here in our final moments before we sign off. This is Dolores Schopenhauer for 462 News. Another person that is going to be reborn um, for sharing truths that they probably shouldn't. I love it. Um, mm -hmm. So with that, you will descend into the bowels of this place and find out what that is. And that's where we'll leave off for tonight. Now, it, one of the things that I really do appreciate about this book is not only are there random tables that to tell you about the personality of Isaac, but there are also tables to help you decide what the terrible truth is about the city and its origin. Uh, like So like the nightmares that you're having, Sebastian, or what are bits of heretical lore, like if you would have interacted with that computer kiosk, the waxman or we're worshiping, there's tables for that. So it's neat because every time you play this, there could make something radically different. And yes, what are the options? And one of the, the option I rolled was very much a, a shell beach situation. So cool. um, it's it's pretty, pretty cool. So I uh, encourage all of you to check this out while it's still being kickstarted. You can still buy the original version of the book or you can kickstart the colorblind edition that has more art and more uh, editing and content that's been added to it, which is really neat because there's a, there's a lot of lore here and a lot of really cool things because this is a decided spin on the cyberpunk tropes that are very popular now, but brings in a lot of that classic literature elements that you're talking about with like Huxley and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So uh, why don't we go ahead and transition back to normal space mode and we can do our announcements. <clears throat> Friends, thank you for once again joining us on this episode. Um, no, wait, hold on. Hold on. Oh, right. Hello and welcome once again to Wandering Monster America's <laughs> Test Table, where we don't play test games. We stress test Ian's patience. My name is dice rolls. Um you told me to y'all, you told me to lean into it. Yep. Um I did and here, <laughs> and here the fuck we are, my friends. <laughs> here we go. Um man it's been 
it's already been a wild summer. Uh, we are, we are, <laughs> we are doing our, we are doing our best here. And by best, I mean, uh, we have we have new releases from uh, Madness Hard releases. Press for you to check out. Um, second batch of pocketbooks are up, which include titles by Douglas Ward, Lucas Mangum. This oh, guy, a handsome guy. Oh, yeah. And also, who am I forgetting about? Um, of Max course, Bauman. Max Bauman, Graven Images, which looks great. Um, we've also got our newest trigger warning anthology. If you haven't checked that out, I encourage Curses. you to. Curses, very good. I don't think that's been getting Curses. enough love so far. So go check that oh, out. Learn, it's a really good some, question, too. Yeah, learn about some new authors that you don't know yet. Um, Killer Con 2023 is coming up in August. So go get your tickets today. Taking place in scenic Austin, Texas. That will be on the 13th and 14th of August and will feature people including Wrath James Wright. Um, let me know what some of the other guests Bridget, are. Uh, Bridget Thank and you. I will be there. Yep. Uh, we also have. In gaming news, Philip Reed, acclaimed game designer Holy and uh, and uh, Morkborg designer, we've played his games and oh we've touched his stuff uh, before. That's he's going. Get. He's one of yeah. our guests Steven of honor. Games. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, nice. So you can you could you can find the details and register for that at KillerConAustin.com. We also have a couple of releases coming up this month, y'all. Specifically, mm -hmm. let me just glance over here. Uh, we have The Trick by Douglas Ford. If you're not familiar with Douglas Ford, he writes insanely cool folk bizarro, um, which is not a phrase I use often, but he begged me to call his stuff folk horror. I was like, no, you write bizarro, and then I slapped him. <laughs> um he writes great books uh he was one of our first gets when we published the reattachment currently mm -hmm. out of print but that i don't know if that's going to stay true for very long uh and he also wrote um little lugosi which is incredible if you haven't checked that out it's about a woman who falls in love with a leech while her boyfriend fights a primordial boar monster mm. um and so then much. we also have um Serious face for a minute. We also have a collection from Jay Wilburn uh, coming this month. It is going to be the first um, full-length manuscript from Jay since his passing. Uh, it is the uh, a previously self-published anthology that never saw mass release called Beautiful Darkness. Uh, Jenny and I talked about uh, his widow, Jenny, and I talked about it. And... Um, this this release of uh, beautiful darkness contains the story that was initially uh what he was nominated for a splatterpunk award for and i met jay because he was nominated for that award at KillerCon 2019 so this is a just insanely important book to me and um jay was a hell of an author so uh incredibly important also kind of a gorilla release uh we are we are attempting attempting to put out two Wrath James White books this month. Mm. Will it happen? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. uh, but he is he uh Wrath James White, our newest author to join the group, is uh the guest of honor at StokerCon in June. So we're gonna try to get some books in hand for that. Mm -hmm. And um oh oh uh, we also have just solidified our schedule for 2024. 
Uh, we have our very first nonfiction book by uh, Charles Bernard coming out. We have some stuff from authors we've worked with, like Jeff Oliver and uh, Michael Allen Rose. But we also have a lot of new stuff from authors that are new to the scene, and we're super excited to uh, to bring some really twisty, cool shit to y'all. Finally, I got notice from the makers of uh, like the fabrication company that's making odd gobs that the big shipment of odd gobs landed at the fulfillment center today. Uh, nice. So, yeah, I was actually talking to Charles before the show. I was grumbling about it, and I got a text uh, just a couple hours ago. So uh, those will uh, – I believe the plain zine, uh, plain print edition is going to be shipped. Like, it'll get there in the next couple of days. And so fulfillment for that should start pretty quickly. I'm, uh, I'm really excited. And then uh, I will also have uh, some copies on hand. I will be selling them at um, – I don't remember the – the I think the Kids of Horror event uh, that's this weekend in San Antonio. And then uh, Roland and I will both be at Staples, the Tabletop Staples uh, Expo on the – what day, baby? The 3rd, June the 3rd. So – uh, and Kings of my... Horror are at uh, Wonderlands of the America Mall in San Antonio. Yes. Thank you so much, sir. Sure. Um, it's a it's a lot. Uh, if you're in Central Texas, like check both of those things out, and also go to the Ghoulish Bookstore where you can buy a lot of the Hell books yeah. from Madness Heart Press. Uh, we did the grand opening last weekend, and it was incredible. Um, and the booths are a fantastic host, and and are really excited to share uh, horror with the world um yeah we're gonna keep doing game stuff uh we're gonna keep playing games we're gonna keep making games we're gonna keep talking about games so if you enjoy that follow us on twitter especially at one moncast maybe subscribe to the youtube channel you can find us on audio 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 format wherever you get your fucking podcast there we go i got it out people who are listening to just podcasts only i like to point out that it wasn't until just now when john keeps uh flailing in his seat that his shirt says i am here to eat all the pickles (laughs) i'm going through the halo i am (laughs) extremely against getting uh souvenir shirts except for this one shirt which i adore Um, (laughs) i want to uh, which my which my stepdad got from a pickle stand on New York. <laughs> so uh, our intro and outro music is "Barbaria" by Bog Wizard off the album "Purple Miasmic Smoke." And, and today is Harlan's birthday. Yay. Happy birthday, Harlan! Uh, Harlan is the drummer uh, from Bog Wizard. Hey, if you go to their big cartel site, which is linked in our show notes, always uh, you could maybe get. The limited edition uh, Frog in a Bog, Frog Lord Bog Wizard split. Uh, as soon as they ship out pre-orders, they will put whatever is left over on sale. So do that. Also, you can get amazing like show posters and, and shit and merch signed by them. They're really cool guys, and you should check them out. Thank you, Gavrael. Gavriel. I do it, uh, I do it Hebrew style. Gavrael. Um uh, Thank you, Garfield. Um, thank you, everybody, for all your support, all your love. We 
it's really bizarre that we get to do this, uh, but I love it. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us on this consensual journey that we call Wandering Monster. I have been really just fucked up by antibiotics. That's I've true. been Charles R. Bernard and, you know, just fucked up by the usual stuff. I'm Bridget Brave and I'm all fucked up on life. My name is Ian Servas, and I've been fucked up by Isaac, the intelligent singular artificial consciousness <laughs> that rules our society with an iron fist and speaks in black and white metaphors. Yep. I have been the best Robert De Niro impersonation ever, <laughs> and a therapist does not have the time to go over with all the things to keep me fucked up. We will be, we will be back next week. Until then, whatever fucks you up, have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs>